This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome from the Lone Star Conference Media Day. This is the Republic of Football Network coming to you live. I am Corey Hogue, and uh, right beside me here is Carter Yates. Carter, it's your first Lone Star Conference Media Day. What do you think? I really like to get to hear from all the coaches, all players today. No one better than to do with for my first time than you, Corey. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, keeping us on time, which is a real task with me over there, is and doing everything, by the way. She does a whole lot. Mallory Hartley, everyone's favorite Malpal. How you doing, Mallory? I'm all right. I'm trying to keep the train on the tracks here, but I think we've done a pretty good job so far. So uh, <laughs> I'm having a good time. Having a good time. One, one of my favorite parts of this is always behind the scenes. You know, Carter, right. it really is because what, what, what you see in the setup and the little issues that come up each time, Nothing ever runs 100% smooth, and it nope. makes it makes this business a little exhilarating, honestly. Right, right. Well, and speaking of behind the scenes, Corey, just just <laughs> moments ago, you got an award. Let's see it. Show the camera right now your award. Uh, got the. Uh, Look at that. Look at that right there. Dave Campbell's yes. Texas Football's own Corey Hogue wins Sports Writer of the Year for the Lone Star Conference. Two-time honoree. <laughs> Two-time honoree. Corey, how are you? Corey, I'm gonna interview you. How are you feeling now about this award? Do you think? <laughs> how are you feeling? Your your initial reaction. Now, I Carter and I knew this was happening, right? Of course. Carter and of I knew. Why, this why was happening, of not, course. Right? So I had my phone. So I'm over here, right? I had my phone mm -hmm. like this, and I was trying so hard not for you to see me. I didn't want you oh, to no, see I me. Saw, I saw you at the end. That's when I, you I did, was like, you oh, did. here we go. Something's happening. And so I, at the very moment when, when Tepper was like, it is my honor to announce that I whipped it out and, and, and pointed it at you. But how are you feeling about that? I, it is an honor. It, it really is. I'm, I mean... There are so many people right. that, that go into this, you know, and it begins, I want to say hello to my wife, Alicia, and Gabe at home, and Allie, if you're watching, hello to you guys <laughs> are, a, without them, I'm not here, their, their support, and, you know, the way they share, they share me with so many, and, and it's, it, without them, I wouldn't be here, and also, without every one of you guys at Dave Campbell's, I, I mean, oh. I wouldn't even have a job if it wasn't <laughs> for everybody here at Dave Campbell's, and, and then... Of course, you always have the schools, the SIDs. I, I do nothing without SIDs, that is for sure. And, and then the coaches and the players and the fans. It, mm -hmm. it, I don't have a job without each and every one of you, and I, I think that's the part that I would like to give my gratitude to you for allowing me the opportunity to cover this because it, it really is an honor to cover these 34 colleges across Texas. Now let's see it one more time. Let's see the award one more time. <laughs> you got to show the camera there. Look <laughs> at that. Coming home with some hardware. Coming yes. home with some hardware. All that right, is well, fantastic. We're going to move on. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, Corey, I had I gotta, to celebrate you. I had to celebrate you, but I know today is about talking about the players and the coaches and the team. It's going to be a really exciting year in the LSC. And I wanted to start off by asking you for a scouting report on our offensive and defensive players of the year. So Trey John Henderson running back from Central Washington. We got to hear him talk up there yes. just now. Seems like a, a young man with a he good head on his shoulders. Yes. But what is he like out there on the football field? He is determined. Just like you hear up there on stage, he, he is a determined running back. He, he got his start at Stephen F. Austin. And I remember when he got when he transferred to uh, Central Washington, Colby Carthel said, He's going to be good. He's going to dominate the Lone Star Conference. And he is. Obviously, he's the offensive preseason player of the year. And so uh, he does amazing things. And then when you talk about Amos Coleman at Texas A&M Kingsville, you're talking about a, a defensive back of the – of the of the old era right like you're talking yeah. about a guy who can shut down as a corner 12 passes defended i think he had five interceptions you're, you're talking about a guy that owns it and then he goes back and returns punts 
and he returns kicks, and he averaged over 31 yards. They void him on kickoffs. And we'll talk to him in a little bit later, and it's going to be interesting to get some of his viewpoints on that. Too. Yeah, we'll talk to both of those guys here coming up within the hour. But Angelo State is the preseason number one, and they were just talking about how they are not taking anyone on their schedule for granted. Top to bottom in the Lone Star Conference, one through nine, all teams mm-hmm. have a chance to win every week. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but from what Angelo State was saying, it seems like they really believe it. Can you just kind of speak to the parity in this conference this year? The parity is going to be interesting, Carter, because sometimes you have two teams, maybe one team in some conferences that you think can win. Sometimes you get but, – but there's three tiers this year to start with, and it's kind of evident in the poll. Uh, you have the top tier, which are the top three teams. You've got Angelo State, Texas A&M, Kingsville, Central Washington. Most people think they're going to end up anywhere amongst that. You know, they're going to be in the top three. And then you've got kind of a middle tier. you got in the Midwestern State, West Texas A&M. Uh, I, I put UTPB up in there, you know. And then, and then you have also you have a, a bottom tier. And you've got – I think Western Oregon can be middle tier as well. But bottom tier right now, Eastern and Western New Mexico, and that doesn't even make sense. So when you, you look at – there's three, and then, then there's, there's going to be a bottom tier. And we don't know who. And that's what makes this so much fun right now because you tell me in the age of transfer portal and signing kids, you know, not to mention here in Division Two, you know, these is – these NI, these uh, NLIs are one-year deals. So okay. some guys, if you don't if you don't measure up or you don't do right in the classroom or off the field, they cut that scholarship from you. So these guys, you know, they have to earn that every single year in, in here. So it makes it uh, a lot of fun, but also challenging to know who's going to do well. That's why we look at programs. And then uh, Angela State head coach just talking up there about how wh- are, can you can you back him up with this? One team from this conference makes the playoffs. Typically. Typically, okay. Typically. That's not like a set rule. It is not. There okay. Also, there's no rule in, in Division Two only. is the only conference where the divi- the conference champion does not get an automatic bid okay. to the playoffs. So they do like a Super Region 4 sort of thing, right? And they rank them one through seven. Top team gets a week off and then home games the rest of the way through. And then you've got uh, numbers, you know, two through seven. They play each other. And... and <laughs> there's no, there's an earned access, which, you know, we're not going to get that far into the weeds today. Yeah, okay. LSC media. But there, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes into it. So, yeah, getting that, getting that is awfully too. tough. And we are, Carter, we are joined here by the uh, – the head coach of the Midwestern State Mustangs. They, <laughs> coach, you, uh, how you doing first off? Coach Bill Maskell, how you doing, sir? Hey, I'm having a hard time hearing Coach in my headset, Mallory, if you uh, – but, Speak Coach, I wanted louder. to – Let me talk louder. <laughs> no, I don't need that. I've seen you yell at practice, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> so, one thing about you is I know you always love the underdog role. You tend to thrive in the underdog role. What is it about that that, that puts you there? Been an underdog my whole life. I uh, was raised that way. Uh I married a white-collar wife, and I'm a blue-collar guy. And she's amazing, by the way. She keeps uh, you in line. She sir. does. <laughs> she she definitely runs the family uh, and anybody else around her. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, I, I, I defy people to say you can't do something. And, it, and as a player, I was the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have a tremendous amount of skills, but had a lot of desire and, and work ethic and uh, kind of, you know, tell me you can't do it, and I'm going to show you I can do it. Yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't know this, and I tell our team all the time this, particularly kids that think that they should be playing. Going into my, I, I, I end at Western Kentucky, I worked my way into getting a full scholarship going yes. into my, end of my sophomore year. And I was always a backup. At the end of my junior year spring practice, the head coach called me in and five other starters. And, and I wasn't, I was a starter that spring, but I really wasn't yeah. a starter. Yeah. And uh, he said, we're cutting your scholarship. Oh, goodness. And, and I was pissed. And I, and I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you something. And I was crying. I said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to make you give me that scholarship back. And I'm going to be the starting quarterback. And he said, I like that mentality. <laughs> and I came back, and 
I, I, we had our, our, instead of our 300 yard shuttle that we run, we ran 400, uh, 440 back yeah. in the day. And we had track guys on the team and I ran faster than all of them. And we had to do two of them. And then, it, and I, I did it on purpose because I wanted those coaches to say, wait a minute, this is the same guy we cut. And I was the only one of the five guys yeah. that came back. Wow. The rest of them quit, which is what they wanted us to do so they could take their money. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't going to do that. And eventually I won the starting quarterback job, and, and that's kind of who I am. And, Coach, you brought today a six-year offensive lineman and a seventh-year offensive lineman, but your team is very young. You lost 39 players off last year's roster. What's kind of the process in the offseason of making sure these new guys in a young team understand that standard of Midwestern State? Well, we, we had a tough offseason. We really did. Uh, we, you know, we, we've always had 5.30 a.m. workouts, whether it's snow or rain or schools canceled or – you know, whatever, we're going to go out there at 5.30. And, and we did that eight times. The year before, we only did it five. And those players embraced that. Um, there was, and we, for the first time, we, we've always filmed it, but not always did we watch the video as a staff. Yes. We went and watched every video of every drill. And, point, and we saw guys, look how hard this guy's working in seventh station. I think we had seven or eight stations. And so I think we established with those young guys that, hey, this is what we are. And um, we, had, we had really good work ethic. And, you know, I mean, it was not good. It was outstanding work ethic, which is what you have to have when you don't have established players or upper guys that have been around. Yeah. Um, and, and we went back and looked at the year before. And we had shitty. It was terrible. It was terrible 530s. <laughs> yeah. It really was bad. And, and when we hired a GA that was on that team last year, and we pulled it out and showed it to him, I said, look how bad you were. Look how bad your, your other guys were. Well, that was why we were bad last year. Yeah. You know, six and five for some of these teams is pretty good. For us, it's totally unacceptable. Well, and, and a lot of that, too, you had so many home games last year. And, and normally inside Memorial Stadium is where you guys really, you handle your business there historically. This year, you have enough, You have about five games at home again? I have no idea. I think it's about five, <laughs> I think it's about five home games. Uh, what is it about that? And is there anything besides the work ethic that you could put on from last year at home? Or is that something that you just want to dominate that place? You know, our kids like playing at home. Um, you know, we, we're, we've got a routine that we go through that probably everybody does at home. Um, and our kids like going on the road, too. I mean, we actually eat better on the road. Yes. Uh, what you lack on the road is sleep. Yes. You know, you, you're traveling. I mean, to drive to Kingsville, you you know, you're a 10-hour drive. and. You know, well, we, to, you and I, coach, have talked sometimes about this, like the, how hard it is. And you talk about eating. Uh, you, uh, just if you would, just briefly get into like at home. You don't know what meal they have, but when you go on the road, you know what they're eating the night before the game, which is vital. Yeah, yeah. And well, we've we've you know probably five, six, maybe seven, um, six years ago, probably we uh, we started. Well, maybe longer. We were we raised money through the community and went to McBride's every Friday night at 530. Nice. I hated it at 530, but that was the only time they would take us and still be able to have their their, their, their normal crowd. And then, like I say, three, four, five years ago, Jerry Johnson yeah. said, you know, you don't need to be raising money during the middle of the season and on Friday morning to make sure you got enough to pay the bill. He said, I'm going to take care of it all. He said, you don't worry about it. So he's gone out and got us sponsors for every home game. We still take, use McBride Steaks. We go across the street to First Christian, and we get out of practice at 4.30. Kids can shower. We now go eat at 6. We get out of there about 6.30, and uh, we get a steak dinner, yeah. and uh, we, we get that in them. Uh, we don't, you know, the cafeteria doesn't open until 11 on Saturday, so yeah. a lot of those kids, we bring them donuts. We bring them uh bagels we bring them something <laughs> yeah. saturday morning so a lot of the coaches uh will, will uh, have bacon and eggs they'll bring them bacon and eggs and others will go to whataburger you know so we try to get them something in before that three o'clock yeah um and I, our kids like playing at home uh and we generally have good crowds yes um 
Yeah, I mean, the, there's an average of about 7,000 per home game, especially, you know, early, early mid-season. You will see oh, yeah. that, you know, before it gets cold. When it gets cold, the crowd wanes a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's probably true <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I hey, think so. Coach, you mentioned the 6-5 and five record last year, you know, not up to your standard. But when your team was executing and playing well, you were really playing well, and that was a big theme. And then when you weren't playing so well, the wheels kind of fell off the bus execution-wise. I was wondering, when you're talking about not playing as well, was it like an execution and mental bus thing, yeah, or was it like I physically mean, not being able to compete? You know, I don't know that it was a physical thing. I mean, we're not as big as everybody, but we're as fast or faster and as quick. And we're, we're, we're just not – but, you know, you don't see huge. I didn't. Most of these guys are skill guys. You know, the old one old lineman from Eastern New Mexico. But we, uh, our offense has been built from day one is on athleticism and speed, and that's we still are that kind of a team, and uh, we'll always be that way as long as we're there. Because we're not going to get those like Angelo's going to have six five, three hundred and twenty pound offensive linemen. Yes, Commerce had those guys. Tarleton had those guys, and they and they kind of model. I don't know that they say that's what we're we're going to model those two programs, but that's who they are. They're yes. big and strong and physical, and and then they make the back. Well, ours is going to we're going to we're going to move laterally more than we're going to move vertically. I guess yeah, if okay. you will. Um, we we gave up a lot of big plays last year. Our secondary wasn't very good at all. I mean it was. It was every. It was musical, musical play, play chairs playing everybody, and I don't know how many touchdown passes we gave up, but it was demoralizing. And we got better, but we weren't good enough. And we were close. And then, all, you know, for us to win the Kingsville game, I mean, they. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> one. That you know, was a big. One. We put. They punt the ball with two minutes to go, and we get on the nine, five yard line. They put it all the way to the five. We go 95 yards and don't ever throw a pass and go <laughs> yeah. ahead. And then there's a minute to go or less, and they march all the way down to the 10-yard line, and they've got four downs <laughs> to get in. I mean, in theory, we should have never won that game. Uh, it was a it had to be a great spectator game. Oh, that was a great – I remember watching that game, Coach. It was fantastic. And hopefully we see more of those victories and thrilling moments from the Mustangs this year. Uh, Coach, it's always a pleasure having yeah. you, and I appreciate well, the access thanks. you give us all yep. the time. Appreciate it. I hope the games that we, that we are able to be successful in don't have to come down to the last play of the game. <laughs> Of course. All right, Coach, I'm with you. Thank you so much. Coach Bill Maskell from Midwestern right, State. Thanks so much, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Carter, I I get to I get to spend some time with that man every Tuesday afternoon. Yep. Uh, before practice. And that is that is an awesome thing to do. Come on in, Coach. We're uh, Carter, we are, Coach, are shifting you? now over to UTPB out in the Permian Basin. They've got head coach Chris McCullough. Coach how are you doing at your first Lone Star Conference Media Day? It's awesome being in the meetings all virtual. So I've been in person and seeing everybody in the meetings. It's a great – Lone Star does a really good job putting this on. Yes, yes, they really And do. I want to say, Coach, congratulations on the birth of your son, KJ, yeah. April 25th. How are you adjusting? Uh, very little sleep. <laughs> um, he's actually sick at home right now. He just – uh, got RSV, so wife's uh, dealing with that. But, you know, it's been a whirlwind. It's been fun. Being a dad is fun. Coach, talk about your relationship with your quarterback, Kenny, Kenny Hernser. He's the favorite to start, I have a feeling, going in. Uh, you know, honorable mention all-conference last year. Uh, what, what does that relationship mean, and how did that help bring him over to, uh, to the Falcons? Yeah, in our uh, first team meeting, I addressed the team and told them he's our starting quarterback. Um, day one that I got there. I mean, it's been five years with him, 36 games that he started for me. Um, he knows this offense as well as anybody else, including coaches besides myself. Um, so he's actually going to be a coach after this year for oh, me. Nice. So it's been awesome having him here. Um, our relationship and plus him being from West Texas and having family yeah. out here was kind of a no-brainer for him to come back out, spend one year back in West Texas, and then start his coaching career. And, Coach, you signed uh, the top-rated transfer class this year. And I wanted to ask the most impactful transfer on the offensive and defense side of the ball, but none of the East Central guys. I know you brought a lot of them. We'll talk about them in a second. But other than the East Central guys, the top top transfers for you. Oh, man. Obviously, the East Central guys were yes. really, really, really good. <laughs> um, man. 
I don't want to answer that question. Okay. Because um, it's a, lo- a lot of kids that these these guys don't quite know yet, but they will Got know. It. No, I don't want to give have you give away the trade secrets, hey, Coach Carter. That's man, totally let me fair. let me explain. At the D two level, Coach. The rosters are very private. I can tell you there are very few rosters that are truly fully updated at this moment in time Absolutely. in the Lone Star Conference. So uh, No, I'll, I'll give you a couple <laughs> snippets. Uh, Jeremiah Cooley was at UT Permian Basin his true freshman year, um, transferred out, went junior college trying to get the, the big Division One. played at a Division One last year, and is coming back home. So him at receiver, he's going to be a really, really big weapon for us. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I mean, there's so many to choose from yeah, that I, I don't quite know who's going to be the most impactful because um, we are starting 14 guys that played at UTPB last year, but those other eight to ten guys we're going to start, man, they're they're talented. So I don't want to put my finger on one person on defense yet. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of talent last year. Where Absolutely. UTPB had a lot of talent last year. I remember watching it and seeing the talent. Um but I got to ask you, with, with Kenny, I got to go back to your quarterback for a second. He's going to be a coach. He's got to – we're interviewing him a little bit. He's got to get used to this. Yeah. What – is there is there something I should ask him that might throw him off his game a little bit? Oh, you ask him anything, it's going to throw him off. So, <laughs> so his – I still remember his visit, his official visit to East Central. Uh, we went to Santa Fe, which is kind of like Texas Roadhouse. Um, he's a very, very shy, quiet guy. Um unless he's around the team when he's around the team he's awesome but anytime you put a camera on him or or put him on the spot he's very very shy um which i loved about him when i first met him you know most quarterbacks you want a charismatic guy who's not afraid to talk to people but that's what kind of set him apart from everybody else we were recruiting at that time and that's why i fell in love with them it's gonna make it fun today Absolutely. We're, we're going we're gonna to give him a little baptism by fire today. Absolutely. We'll try to give him out Michelle a little bit. <laughs> Coach, I just wanted to ask you about the nutrition center that was just yeah. put in your school, and that was a huge campaign for you yeah. to get that in. Why was that so important, and what have you seen uh, since that became open? Yeah, so, you know, being at East Central, we didn't have facilities um, like we do at UT Permian Basin. We didn't have the resources that we have here. So that was a big part of me taking the job, obviously. I wanted to compete at a higher level um, and compete for to play here in December, right? Um, But when I got to UT Permian Basin, I did a huge eval of everything, not just football, but all athletics. How can I impact this university on a much grander scale than just football? Um, And we have a beautiful facility in the Kirk Edwards building. Um, We play at Grande. uh, But from a standpoint of all student athletes, we didn't have a nutrition center. Each sport kind of did their own thing. So I went to start campaigning in January to raise the money, and we were able to get a five-year commitment um, to A, get it built, but B, provide protein all year round for every student athlete. Um, that, that's it, what I love the most. Yeah. Is that it's it's you didn't just do it for the football team. No. You did it for everyone there. And and you guys do have facilities. You mentioned your performance center. That's two two years old, maybe yeah, three. Going on year three. Uh, and, and it's just absolutely remarkable. It is gorgeous. Yes. But I do have to ask the hard question that, that people want to know. Is there going to be an on-campus stadium or a stadium built specifically for UTPV? I can promise you there's talks. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, hey, that's good. Um, that's a start, right? I promise there's talks. The biggest thing is uh, the, the procedure you have to go about with the UT system. Every system's different. UT system's completely different than anything else I've dealt with. So it's a slow process, but it's a process that uh, me, Todd Dooley, our athletic director, and Dr. Woodley, our president, have all met about and are discussing for the future to really grow the, our facilities at an even higher level than they already yeah. are. Yeah, awesome. Coach, I found out yesterday your defensive back, Jalen Thompson, has his own sneaker design business. I want to know, has he hooked you up yet? Uh, we've they, actually talked about it. We've actually talked about it. So I'm trying to find the right pair of shoes for him to do that, um, <laughs> to wear on game day. So, you know, we have a lot of different stories on our team. That That's the fun thing, right? I've been at a university for the last five years. Now I'm getting to learn a whole new group of 100 guys. So it's been fun. But Jalen's is a special story of one of many that I'm starting to hear. Awesome. Hey, Coach, yeah, I am looking forward to watching the Falcons on the field this year, and I look forward to talking to you. And I, I appreciate all the access you give us. I really do. Absolutely. Without you guys, we don't have a job. So yep. thank you so appreciate much, Coach. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you so much. Oh, Carter, we're moving on, man. We got Here a wide go. receiver coming in here. 
We got a wide receiver from Angelo State. How y'all doing? Zorn, how are you? Yeah. Man? Let's see. Zorn Rideau. Is it Zorn or Zorhan? Huh? It's Zorn. Zorn. Okay. Because I, I figured Zorhan was too much like the movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, Carter, for those who aren't aware or didn't watch the Lone Star Conference Digital Network uh, before, Zorin was a part of the 2018-2019 Class 6A state champions. And you know we're Dave Campbell, Texas Bowl. We have to ask you about that. And and listen, man, the first thing, 2018, the Hail Mary. It is the play that still gives people chills to this day. It gives me them as well. Literally, like, anytime I go back home and I see that ring, I'm like, bro, this is probably one of the biggest things I've ever, like, seeing a Hail Mary on TV is cool and all, but when you physically see one in person, Literally, like we were just talking about it earlier before we started going up on the tables and going down. Like when the play happened, it's just I have my helmet in my hand. Play happened. Literally, can't even tell where my helmet went. <laughs> so much excitement. I've never ran down a field so fast, and it was just all the joy. It kind of just everything hit you at once, and you really wasn't expecting it. Basically, I feel like at the point of the game, they kind of counted us out. They were already throwing water on the head coach and stuff like that, and just seeing how we came back and fought and. Threw up a Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2018 and 2019, you know, North Shore versus Duncanville, mm-hmm. did y'all feel like it was Houston versus Dallas? And then also, like, how did those styles of play kind of differ, Houston versus Dallas? Uh, honestly, it was it was a big Houston versus Dallas thing, especially with how big social media is in the high school room. Like, going into that game, you knew, like, everybody from Houston, they were riding on North Shore. Everybody from Dallas was riding on Duncanville. And it was kind of, you were, you were battling for your city, and it was a – I'm not going to say it was kind of like a lot of pressure, but it kind of felt good. Like the whole city was behind your back. You felt like you had a support team, you had people looking out for you. It was it was really – it was a, a great experience. I feel like I'd never forget it like ever in my life. And, and now you're at Angelo State. Yes, You've sir. got uh, Coach Gersh. And uh, Coach Gersh is a very, very nice guy. Everyone who – he is one of the nicest guys. And, and I love my conversations with him, but – he doesn't open up too much. I, uh, I need something about Coach Gersh that would surprise us. Something that would surprise you? That would surprise us. Uh, he's great at golf when he puts his phone down. <laughs> <laughs> but he don't put the phone down because he's recruiting. Yeah, like there's so much like he literally will tell us like, bro, if he's just ever like going to play golf, his game with his phone and without his phone is totally different because <laughs> when he's out on his phone, there's somebody's calling him about, uh, financial aid, anything going on, like it's just so much head coach stuff he has to do. Yeah. And literally putting that phone down and picking it up is two different, like he has so much going on. And as a head coach, like we, he kind of, not saying he hides it from us, but you would never notice he has so much stuff going on because he's always there. He's always, anything going on, he's there. He's attentive, alert. He's always, he's, he'll never forget your name. Like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. like, he's just a good person. I, that's, I could never ask for a better head coach than Coach Gersh. That's awesome. Especially coming from John K in high school. Like, yes. I never yeah, thought I'd yeah. get no better than Coach K. <laughs> You've been two here. outstanding coaches, yeah, like, my man. <laughs> I've been having the best luck with getting the coaches. And that was a big thing, like, when I first, like, got to Angelo was my parents were like, hey, not saying we want to find another Coach K, but we want to get you in another school that's like Coach K. Like, he has a – Big behind himself. I, I see you're you're uh, you are making sure that the camera and the ring oh, is yeah. right there. Oh, man. Yeah. Hold on, Tell hold that up for the camera a little bit. We gotta uh, see that. This is kind of like one of the. <laughs> this is a big thing, especially coming from high school. Like having rings, it's it feels cool like having a state ring. But once you get to college, and now you have another ring, and it's like everybody can't have those. Yep. And I, I'm I'm very grateful and I'm very lucky to say that I can have three rings now. And we're just not done yet. We want to keep going. We're obviously shooting for another conference ring. And now we want to get past that step and get into a national championship. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you uh, picked a repeat as conference champions in the preseason. But last two years, you've gone out in the national quarterfinals. What's it going to take to get to that next level and get to that championship? Uh, Coach Gersh harps on it day in and day out. Special teams is going to be our biggest thing because in college, well, college football and playoffs, special teams win and lose games at a point. Both of the offenses and defense would be great offenses. If they weren't great, you wouldn't be there. And it comes down to who can have the best special teams, who can go in and out every detail is straight. And that's his biggest thing with us. We're working special teams. That's our thing. That he he instills into us like, hey, if you want to win games, you need to be good in special teams. And it shows. 
Yes, it sure it certainly does, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the Rams do this year. Hopefully, you get that home field advantage again, and then you know we'll take care of that minds problem later. Zorin, <laughs> Zorin, it was a great, it was, it was nice great to meet you. Guys. Great to talk Thanks to you. Thank you for coming you, in, Zorin Thank Rideau. You Thank you, sir. Zorin Rideau from Angelo State, uh, Carter. When you come here to the Lone Star Conference, there's personalities. And these, this is why I love this so much. Is we got we, them in abundance. We have, and they're, they're good people. Just mm-hmm. a ton of good people. Speaking of good people, we got another one about to come on in right here. Oh, <laughs> Coach, now listen, man. I talk to a lot of people, and every single one tells me how good you are. This is the uh, new head coach of the West Texas A&M Buffaloes, Josh Lynn. Coach, First question. It's going to be a little tough one out the gate here for you. All ears. Let's hear it. I know you were in the running before. What? So this job's important to you, right? Like Absolutely. West Texas 100%, yes. job. So what does it actually mean now that you're able to sit here and, and you're here at Media Day and you are the coach of the West Texas A&M Buffaloes? Well, first and foremost, I'm I'm extremely excited. I'm extremely blessed. I. Uh, you know, I'm really appreciative of Michael McBroom and our, our president, you know, making a decision to go our direction. And, uh, you know, when you look at Division Two football, when you look at the great conference that we have here in the Lone Star Conference and the great schools we have in the Lone Star Conference, I really believe that West Texas A&M, if done right in the correct way and, and, and you know, put in the work and things like that, is that we can be a very successful football program and, you know, the – the pieces are there, yeah. and uh, we just got to, you know, we got to put that puzzle together with those pieces. And uh, so, once again, I'm extremely blessed. And, uh, you know, if there's a Division two job out there that I really felt like, uh, you know, we fit, yeah. uh, this was it. As a new coach in your first offseason program, what was the importance of getting buy-in from those upperclassmen like JT and Noah who you brought here today? <laughs> Absolutely, man. My first phone call was uh, – you know, my first my first couple phone calls when they offered me the job, it you know it wasn't to coaches, it wasn't to, it was to those type players. And you know what I say about those guys all the time is, you know the the athletic piece and the football piece has always been there for those guys. But I think what they bring to the team when it, when it, when it comes to culture and when it comes to work ethic and bringing other guys with them in that world, uh, you know that's a heck of a I mean that's a heck of a lot more important sometimes than maybe the athletic piece. And so and it, and they're great players too. Don't get me wrong, but I just you know, it's huge to get that buy-in, and I'm really grateful that they opted to come and, and you know, come play ball with us, and yeah. uh, and that, that's going to make us better. JT is so awesome. He, he's just sure, absolutely. We'll, we're going to talk to him here in a little bit. Uh, Coach, you have – I've traveled around many places, uh-huh. and, and you have probably – you're right there with the best facilities in the state of Texas, especially for your level or any of the small sure. colleges. That is – a huge advantage that you have now in Canyon. You have a great base, a great alumni base, great support base. How do you get all of that to end up being people in the seats on Saturday inside that gorgeous stadium? Well, I think you got to generate some excitement. I kind of, you know, hit, up, hit on it earlier. Um, you know, success adds to that. It always does. And, uh, um, but you know, we've got to, we as coaches and as a football program, got to put a good product out there, and a product that's you know disciplined and, and executes and you know and lights up the scoreboard and creates a, you know creates creates an environment of of excitement that that people want to come and watch West Texas A&M football. And you know, in my experience, if you do that, that you know they'll come, the fans will come. But you got to put a good product out there first and, and generate excitement. You know, get out in the community. Yeah. Coach Corey was telling me earlier that y'all actually have a real Buffalo mascot named Thunder. That's right, <laughs> Thunder 14. Are there any plans for it to run out of the tunnel with oh, y'all ab- this year? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a – hey, you know, what? one of the things we did in the spring is we actually practiced that. Nice. Where one day before practice, we got the Buffalo out there, and uh, we walked down the tunnel, and uh, the first part of practice, we, we, we practiced running out with Thunder 14. People, so. people don't know, you can't just roll out of bed and do that. No, absolutely not. Okay. My, my deal, too, is that the first time you do it, probably <laughs> shouldn't be the first time you run out on the game on Saturday. You know? I'm, I'm specifically running out with the Buffalo. Hey, Carter, the head coach is always at the front of the team, so he's behind the yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. Right? He's got to be real careful. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, we're going to practice that before we do that, you know. <laughs> thank good, hey, thank goodness we're all padded up, too, except me, right? I mean, so they've got helmets and shoulder pads on. And hey, Coach, we have seen uh, – I want to ask you about JT uh-huh. specifically because last year he was preseason defensive player of the year. Yep. We've seen what he could do. This guy can dominate on defense we know about him on the field we know a little about him off the field but Uh 
what is it? Is there something that you've seen that maybe we don't know about JT? Well, I think his preparation and his, his offseason, you know, his conditioning, you know, uh, commitment to the training room to get himself better and get himself healthy to where he can play this year. You know, not only that, the good teammate, you know, being a good teammate piece people don't see, uh, you know, with yeah. uh, that's outside of our team. Uh, you know, I say it all the time, to be a great football ter- player, you got to have great balance and everything, and he's, he's a great example of that. And, uh, you know, a big part of that, too, uh, you know, I'll piggyback off of is getting some people in front of him to where he can run around and make plays. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've we've got to we've got to get bigger and stronger and 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 get some get, get some big old guys in front of him so to where he can he can you know he can go do his thing and, and tackle. Keep the O line off of him. Absolutely. If you keep, keep the O line off of him, he's going to make. Yeah, a play. that's right. And he's only become <laughs> going to become a better football player. Well, Corey asked about JT. I asked about the wide receiver yep. Noah Bagardis you brought today too. You run a lot of option scheme, coach, uh-huh. but he came back out of the transfer portal. He's into uh, your football program right now. What does he bring for you at the wide receiver position? Well, yeah, and first and foremost, I mean, we're going to carry a little bit of option component with us, yeah. uh, but it's not going to be as, you know, ext- you know, probably not as, as much as what we've done in the past. Um, I really believe that we need to, you know, we need to be a 50-50 run pass football team, and he needs to be a be a part, a big part of what we do offensively. And to do that, we got to throw the ball. And not only that, I mean, he's got a skill set, and uh, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty stinking good receiver in, in regards to where we need to get him the ball to where he can make plays too. And so he's going to be a big part of what we do. And um, I mean, not only can he, you know, not only can he catch the small stuff, but he can go deep. And I mean, he's a really well-rounded receiver. And uh, you know, we need to be, we need to take advantage of, of his skill set. Coach, you have a lot of talent, and I'm looking forward to watching that on the field this year out at West Texas A&M. Coach, thank you so much for. Hey guys, thank us you today. guys, man. I, I love what you, you guys do, man. It's a uh, and congratulations on your on your oh, award too. You yeah, so you bet, much, man. Coach, I really it's, it's really well that. deserved. So hey, thank you guys. Thank, thank you, you coach. coach Josh Lynn from West Texas A&M. Carter, I believe we're going to just move right on oh, into let's our keep next it rolling. coach. Let's just bring him on in here. Come on in, coach. We got Coach Michael Salinas from Texas A&M Kingsville coming in to join us. And, uh, Coach, it, it's been a little bit since I've seen you. And uh, and I'm, I'm interested in your the thoughts, your thoughts on – on this season because I think you feel like some people are still doubting you and uh, and I kind of feel you guys are feeding off of some of that this year. No, I think uh, coming in here today and, and uh, being ranked uh, three in the conference and, and two by you guys, I think that's a testament to our players and, and our coaching staff, our administration for being able to support us in the fashion they have. But uh, uh, we've been on a trajectory, I think, to get to this point, and yeah. now we got to figure out what we got to do to take the next step. Greg asked us earlier, and yeah. I think there's a level of consistency that comes into play uh, to get that done. But we're an older football team uh, this year, so I think because of that, we're going to see if we can put the pieces together in a really critical four-week time frame with fall camp and, and the start of school to to start the season and get it kicked off. Coach, you got a pretty tough non-conference schedule, road trips to Mesa and UWG. What are you, aside from winning those ball games, what are you hoping to learn about your team in those games? I, I think last year we, we had a fast start and, and we got to a point to, to Angelo week and, and uh, uh, some things got away from us earlier and, and maybe weren't tested as much. But uh, we, we have focused on the process. But the biggest thing that we're looking uh, to accomplish is, is we're, we're playing a little better opponent. Uh, we, we have to travel and take a long trip, which is part of our league. So we're going to get that out of the way early <laughs> and figure out whether we can handle that the right way. And then we have a really good uh, West Georgia team coming into Kingsville. Uh, our four home games are against really quality opponents. Yes. Uh, so it, it's going to prepare us for what's to come. Um, and then I think we're just going to have to find out uh, as a football team uh, early on um, sort of where we are and what we got to fix. Uh, but I think our guys understand week one and week two ain't going to define the season. Coach, you are a Kingsville guy. You, you played at Texas A&M Kingsville. You've coached at Texas A&M Kingsville. You're really bringing, and I've noticed this, some of that fan base. It's a big fan base down at Kingsville. People don't unless, but if you're winning, you've got a ton of people behind you. Uh, how have you been able to bring some of those in, and how are you guys continuing to reach out to some of those that, that might still be on the fence about Kingsville? 
Well, I think our alumni group does a great job. We have a football letterman's association that has uh, started since we've we've uh, taken the job and trying to get those guys back involved and and sharing some of the history with with uh, that is Texas A&M Kingsville with our current players, yep. making sure they understand the rich tradition um, that exists at Kingsville and um, down in South Texas. Boy, they're 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 not going to come watch bad football. So uh, <laughs> no, they won't. as we've got better uh, attendance has gone up and and now. Now we're looking forward to take the next step. We have a new president who's done a great job, uh, Dr. Vela, and he supports athletics. Uh, he is some doing doing some things to enhance the game day environment for our fans. Good. Uh, so I'm looking to uh, forward to this fall, seeing a few more folks in the in the stands, and then uh, now knowing that we only have four, hopefully we can get them all there for those four. Yeah, Coach, you mentioned four home games this year. So you're going to be doing a lot of travel on the road. What's the team's go-to road road trip playlist for the music? What's y'all's uh, like? What's y'all's itinerary look like for those road trips? Oh, I'm I'm sort of a routine guy, man. So they know the deal when it comes to to travel. We're going to travel a certain way. We do the same thing. We eat really similar in in terms of what we eat on the road and in terms of food. But uh, for playlist, I leave that to those guys. <laughs> I'm really I'm really not a playlist guy. I can I can. Uh, I enjoy all of it, but uh, I'm, I'm focused on what we have to do. And I know those guys, that's their way to get themselves prepared. But as the head coach, I think we're in a different mindset there. So that's probably still the, the old school approach in me and, and, and uh, really coming from the guys I played for, like Ron Harms and, and Richard yeah. Cundiff, who, who were no-nonsense guys. And that really <laughs> wasn't part of the equation back then. Hey, coach, uh, during, during your session earlier, I found it interesting that you mentioned the word intentional, and I, I believe some of the players mentioned the word intentional. That's a big word. And, and I'm wondering where, because being intentional about everything, when you really dive into what that word means, it, it can be life-changing in a lot of ways. Where did you come about picking up on, on that? Because that's, that's something I've only heard a few times. It's, it's, very, it's a deep topic. As we attack each each season, every team is different. And, and as we go in and attack and we try to grow professionally as coaches and then uh, an avenue that we're going to find uh, a way to try to impact our, our guys and something that's going to um, make them see that, that it's not only going to help you in football, but it'll help you in life. Yeah. And, and uh, for a long time, I, I think, uh, um, and it really given to me by – by coaches and stuff I've picked up along the way, but uh, doing things in an intentional manner are different than just getting them done. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything in, in, in terms of what we talk about in our program. But um, we had a long talk when we got back in January and, and put a PowerPoint together for our guys and, and uh, listed some things I thought we did poorly um, in our team room and, and talked about some things that we needed to improve on if we wanted to take the next step. If yeah. we were okay um, being average and, and, and not finishing and not experiencing the success that sometimes we think we deserve, um, we needed to change. So we, we, we put some things down, and one was to, to be a little more intentional in our approach and then to be a little more purpose-driven. Well, Coach, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for your time. I, I really I would love to have more of these conversations later. So if you're, if you're ever coaching school with us, let me know. We'll get you on for another interview. You got it. Thank you guys for your time. Thank so, you for everything you thank do. Thank you, and good luck this year, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Carter, when uh, when you start hearing that, like those those are things that uh, it really is a deep topic about being intentional, and, and maybe we can dive a little more into this here. Come on in, sir. We have the Lone Star Conference preseason defensive player of the year, Amos Coleman. Amos, oh, you okay? All righty. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Okay. So you've got the defensive preseason defensive player of the year. What what does that mean to you? Have you had time to actually think about that yet? Well, hold on one second. We're, getting, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. I think it's right here. There we go. I think you've got the right. That should be good now. Yeah. yeah yep. Good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. good. Am I? Yeah, we, okay. we yes, couldn't sir. hear you a second ago. We couldn't hear you a second ago. We can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, so what, do, what does that mean to you to be able to, to – has it hit you yet even? Yeah, that not, not really. But like, I've been been processing it all week. I'm more of a, a manifestation guy, so I've been talking into existence. So as it as it shows to me today, it just is real exciting for me. I got a question real quick, Carter. I'm, I, 
No, go right ahead. He, he mentioned it. He spoke it into existence. Yes, sir. Right? So I, I want to I wanna shout out why we shouldn't do that sometimes. Because my mm-hmm. wife said the other day that, <laughs> that she read that allergies were getting bad. Then all of a sudden my allergies start bothering me See? again. Mm-hmm. That's what I – man, tell us what is it about speaking things into existence like that? Uh, I'm not sure. I just I, I, I've grown and I'm, I'm starting to. The more I've talked stuff into this, the more it's come. Like last year, I was talking about getting all American, doing this, doing that, and it, it, it goes to show. So I just feel like when you talk things to existence, it's, it's gonna come true. Well, last year you had a kick return touchdown, two interceptions turned for a touchdown. Dynamic with the ball in your hands. Are we gonna see you on offense a little bit, or are you, are you sticking on defense and special teams? I mean, that's up to Coach Lenas. I would love <laughs> to have the ball in my hands, but whatever Coach wants, that's what I'm gonna do. What's what do you think is the best part of your game as a defensive back? Uh, my versatility, my, my ability to be able to play safety, corner, nickelback, and, and be dynamic in special teams. So I feel like me being versatile, versatile is, a, is a good aspect for a DB. Are you over there in Coach's ear all the time begging him to get it? Just let me touch the ball, <laughs> Coach. Let me touch the ball. Uh, that's what kickoff returns for. I, 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 I'm, trying <laughs> you I'm trying to show I'm trying to show What do you he do eight, they avoid he, you? He averaged 31 yards an attempt when he got the ball. That's why they return. avoid him right I, I thought there. he would see. I, I'm, I'm going to keep putting it in there for Paul Campbell. We'll, we'll see come fall. That, but honestly, they avoid kicking to you because mm-hmm. of how dynamic you are. Yeah. Uh, are. Are you over there going, Coach, I really should be like a running back, wing back, receiver, mm-hmm. something. I have asked for a couple jet sweeps. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I've asked for a couple jet sweeps, but I'm just going to keep doing my job and kick off return and just see see where it takes me. So going into your sixth season now, right, at Texas A&M Kingsville, do you feel an added sense of responsibility to be like a veteran leader on this team? And have you tried to step up your game vocally? Yeah, vocally, yes, sir, because I'm more of a, a more of a lead-by-example type of guy. So as, as, I, as I get older and becoming that senior, me being vocal and, and my, my teammates hearing what I have to say is more has a more impact on the team than I thought it did. So I, I'm I'm going into that role. I'm going to ask you a hard question because mm-hmm. it really is. And we've we've heard Coach and what he said about how the season ended and mm-hmm. the off season began, but that's a coach side, yeah. right? I want to hear from you from the player side. What was it? What was the talk amongst yourselves, and how have you guys looked to kind of change that going into this year? Yeah, well, last year was the last the back end of the season. It was just we were struggling to get past the previous week. So I feel like that's what what altered the the outcomes of most games because we were so stuck on last week last week's uh, outcome. So this year we're gonna focus on moving on and putting the past behind us. So you talked about speaking things into existence. Asking uh-huh. you now, what's an individual goal you have for yourself and a team goal you have for this upcoming year? Well, for me personally, it's just I just want to go out there and have fun. I accomplished a lot of my goals last year. I'm not going to go out this season trying to duplicate and do all that. I mean, that's what that's what I want to do, but I'm not going to force myself. I'm just going to go out there and have fun, let it all come to me. And then as far as the team go, I just want us to come together and believe in each other, and then the outcomes will show. But then I tell you what, speak something team-wise into existence. Mm. You gotta, let's I'm, let's I'm grab a headline. Go without it, right? Let's grab a headline. <laughs> I'm not going to let you go without it. Mm, let's see, let's see. Uh, an individual award or, or what? you got to speak something, man, because if you don't, then, I mean, it, okay. it don't happen if you don't say it, right? Well, since you asked, we're going to be the best office on the there How about you go. That? There, there we go. Right there. There, there you go. go. Yes, Amos Coleman, the Lone Star Conference defensive preseason defensive player of the year. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Yes, sir. Thank it you for great. having me. It was great seeing you, and good luck out there this year. Yes, sir. Carter, that is uh, – it, it's always – fun to get a player's perspective because yep. it is different from a coach's oh 100 percent. a lot of times the coach can tell you what they see in their mind's eye and what they've tried to do <laughs> for this upcoming offseason but when you talk to the players you see if it really seeped in and you know texas a&m kingsville i think it did oh no come on in. come, <laughs> come on, on in, in. come on yeah, in. you were getting ready man come on in and take a seat we have the lone star conference preseason offensive player of the year joining us he is from central washington trajan Henderson, Trajan, you you're going to college in Central Washington, but you're a DFW guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I see the smile. I saw it. I saw Coach back there helping you get the swag ready to go. <laughs> How much fun are you having this week? Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a it's a great time, especially because uh, my guy Jacob over there, media guy. This is first. He's my wife. This is first time in Texas, so <laughs> we got to uh, show him some barbecue and show him some papados, and we got the to tour the to star and stuff like that. So nice. it's just it's good being at home. It's good like having my uh, my coaches them down here to see home where I grew up and play football at. And you know, we're Dave Campbell's Texas football, so we got to ask you a Texas high school football related question. You got three Texans on your roster. What do you tell those guys in Central Washington what Texas high school football is like? Oh, I 
say this is this is this is their life. They 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 breed it since they're from the womb. You know, you got your dads who played here in Texas, and as soon as they their kid is able to play tackle football, you know, they're there. You know, yeah. every every game. So I just tell them that it's a it's a different type of culture here. You know, we like talking about Dave Campbell's like they're there, they're they're, they're on you. So um, it's 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 exciting. I just I, it's just good to. Let them know where I came from, and so they know it's a different mentality when we go down here and play this in the long star. Okay, these guys—they're playing for more than just you know a win. They're playing for their family and their pride, and you know people yeah. at home watching them. So it's it's a great great opportunity. Well, and the other thing too that's different is stadium. So I got to ask you: last year after media day, when when the guys came back and the coach came back, all everybody came back from media day. Were they wide-eyed going, guys, you would not believe the high school stadiums Damn. in Texas? And you guys were like, what are you talking about? We, we did that every week. We, when we had came down here and traveled, like, last year, I think we were playing We were playing Angelo. We were uh, warming up at the San Angelo High School. And they were just like, this is a high school? <laughs> and I was like, this is nothing. Like, this is this is nothing. Like, you're you're walking in college stadiums every Friday for uh, Friday night light. So it's for them, it's just like why is the stadium so big? I was like, this is football. Like, this is football stadium. Do you ever tell them that actually high, that college football team, many college football teams in, in the Lone Star Conference even, play in high school stadiums? Yes, yeah, I'll be saying that all the time. Like, this is the high school stadium. You think this is a, this Bama play here? Or Texas <laughs> play here? Like, it, it was really shocking for them. It was just a crazy thing because I grew up playing in it. Like, you're in Little League. Like, you're playing in big stadiums, you know, the high school stadium. So I, I was just so used to it. So it was just like, even when coach came back, they're just like, wow. Like, now I know all your money's going, all the tax money's going. To yep. <laughs> well, I'm curious. So a Texas guy, what led you to Central Washington's? What's really stood out about the culture of the team in these years you've been on it? Well, my freshman year uh, SFA, the uh, defensive coordinator, he's a defensive coordinator at LA Tech, uh, Coach Johnson. He was my safeties coach at SFA. So um, when, I, when I hit the portal, um, he hit me up and he was just like, hey, Trey, like, I think this is the school for you. And Coach Fish and them, they, um, we had got on, since it was so far, we had kind of got on <laughs> yeah. FaceTime and they got to meet me and stuff like that. And when I came down there for my visit, I think I took my, like, my visit in June of last year, it was just, I was just wanted, I felt wanted, I felt like they wanted me there, you know, and it's a, for guys who've been in the portal, it's, it's, it's a scary feeling, you know, because it's like, okay, am I ever going to do this again? And when you guys believe in you, they feel like, you know, you can come and change their team. It's a, it's a big thing also for coaches bringing a, a Texas guy in who's, you know, hey, we don't have a lot of Texas guys up here or down south guys, so they took a big chance on me. So I just – I'm really big on caring and brotherhood, so that, that was really the main thing. We're a really good brotherhood up there. You brought up something that, that we don't – I don't think – really gets recognized very often and when a player goes into the transfer portal about 65% I believe is a D2 mm -hmm. actually lands at another place so and that might be a high percentage mm -hmm. it's a large percentage that doesn't so when you go in the portal there's a very real feeling of am I going to be wanted do I get to do this again that's a risk I think sometimes we underestimate yeah yeah I think it's um it's a huge thing you underestimate especially when you're in the process of where coaches are just kind of trying to fill you out and they're not just giving you a full offer. Yep. So you're just kind of just like, man, we're back at square one from high school all <laughs> over again. So I think it's just like, I think also the biggest thing is when you do go to the school, like you're in a different program. You know, you're in a whole different program. Like for Central, it was so, it was a big tradition there. And I didn't yep. really realize it was such a huge tradition. So coming in, it was just like, Okay, we gotta hop on the. I gotta hop on the bus. I gotta hop on and <laughs> get with it, you know. But also bring some of my Texas swag. That's I think um, has um, left off of some of my teammates, you know, coming in and with the Lone Star. They kind of walk around with a little bit different swagger. But you know, it's just like just coming in and just knowing that you know, it's I'm blessed to be able to play this game and I'm blessed to. Um, have an opportunity to do it again because like you said it's a high percentage it might be lower you know some yeah. guys who they go in there and it's it might be uh it might be cool, but, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging. Well, it is. And it, you know what? It was fun watching you last year, and you were going to ransack. Hopefully, now I got to tell you, though, I don't cheer for you against the Texas team. Hey, I, I, just, know it. I hey, just want hey. you to know that, Trey Jondi. <laughs> the Lone Star Conference preseason Offensive Player of the Year. Thank you so much, Trey. Transfer portal success story right here. <laughs> that is. That is. Thank you, Trey Jondi. Congratulations again on the award.
Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Carter, that's the thing. I mean, these guys, man, we, we, they can bring in perspectives that we don't think of sometimes. And, and uh, yeah, speaking of perspectives, here comes a guy who also entered the transfer portal last year and got picked up, and he's now at UTPB from East Central Oklahoma, Kenny Hernser. Kenny, I uh, – I talked with your coach a little bit earlier, okay. right? And, yes, and, and Chris told us that uh, that you're a little media shy. So we're going to break you out of that today, <laughs> right? See? Oh, man. Or at least See? do our best. We're going to do our best. So I want to ask you, we were just talking to Trajan, right? And, and he was talking about how he entered the portal, uh, and he, it was a risk. Did you feel that same risk entering the portal, or was it one of those things where you kind of knew that, that you were going to get picked up again? Well, you know, um, having that relationship with Coach for the past four years, I, you know, we've we uh, kind of knew this whole situation. He talked to me beforehand when he was coming down, letting me know everything, going on the interviews. And so uh, it was a tough decision. You know, uh, Ada was home for me for four years, yeah. uh, knew everyone there. So it was a great place for me. But after just, you know, really discussing with my family, talking and praying about it, I knew that I was going to enter the portal, just kind of get in there to go with Coach and see where it'll lead hey, me. Carter, look at this, man. He's a professional. Take a, <laughs> breath. Take a deep breath. Man, you're yeah. good. I'm serious. I don't like you're this. Good. Well, <laughs> well I, take a deep breath and enjoy it because yeah. if you're a quarterback, you get a lot of this. <laughs> and, and also you'll get a lot of it if you become a coach later after, yes. your, uh, after your playing days. So Coach McCullough talked earlier about how you're going to be a coach after this mm-hmm. year. I'm curious, like, what – who were some of the biggest impacts on you to make this decision, and how did this decision kind of formulate over your years playing football? Uh, well, you know, my my dad's been my coach since I was a young kid, and so uh, just really talking with him, he was, you know, trying to put that mindset in me, like, what do you, what's going to set you up after football? Where, well, you know, where are you going to be the happiest? And um, really just discussing with my family, talking to him. Coach has been a big impact on me. You know, he, as he grew up uh, coaching, I've been playing. So he kind of, as he took those steps forward, so did I along with him. Um, so both of those guys really just been great impacts on me. Uh, gave me great examples and what to do you know you're coming to the end of your college football career but you already have a job lined up that's a big advantage mm-hmm. oh, yeah. at any time especially in today's world how how much does that mean for you to know that, that that's the relationship how deep does that go with coach mccullough oh it's great you know I, i've always been able to trust him he's always been uh, straightforward with me tell me exactly what's going on good and bad um I, I couldn't think of a better coach to play for, and especially to spend this last year with them, you know, make it all the way through. It's really good. And just, you know, setting up my family for the uh, the future, having a job lined up, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. So Coach said he walked into the first meeting and he said, Kenny's our starting quarterback for this mm-hmm. upcoming year. Now you're sitting here at Media Days, you're a team captain. From that first meeting to now being here, what have you done to kind of cement yourself as team captain? Really just getting to know these guys. Uh, learning learning about them on a personal level going uh, deeper than just football so uh coming in it's you know i'm i know i'm coaching next year so it's kind of got to make the difference between player and coach and uh really just had to work on my leadership skills uh being at East Central, everybody know me for so, so long. They knew me since I was 17, so it was kind of like they were buddies. It's it was, you know, it's been a little difficult to make the make the distinction between player and coach. But right now, I'm just trying to learn about everybody, get to know them, uh, really create that family mentality. Well, Kenny, I, you're gonna do great. And the last question. We're, and I'm going to ask you this, and this you think you think you're uncomfortable here, right? Oh, we're going to get we you go. comfortable. No, no, we're going to get you comfortable. Oh, okay. Oh, never we're mind. We're going to get him comfortable. I need to know who does the best impressions on the team, because we all know that that teams. You guys have nights where people do impressions of coaches. Who does the best impressions on the team? Oh man, I don't know about about coaches because <laughs> I'll get in trouble. But uh, we got a, we got a few great guys that just. Uh, are hilarious you love to be around they make you smile as soon as you walk in a room um we got so many of them on the team it's just great being over he there he passed the test carter yep he passed he he went ahead and said i don't want to get in trouble i know what you're doing me <laughs> that's right and his coach That's is watching right. him right now too <laughs> yeah hey kenny hertzer thank you so much good I luck this season guys. thank y'all very thank much you, <laughs> carter you know that is a that that's 
what's so much fun is these guys don't get a ton of media attention, and you don't realize it sometimes till they're in front of you. Well, that guy's that guy is media trained though. He gave oh, all good. he gave all oh. the right answers. You can tell that's a quarterback and a future coach right there because yeah. he had Coach McCullough behind the camera watching him, and you said, "Hey, let's do an impression of the coach." He said, "Oh, <laughs> so many guys that are funny. There's so many funny so guys, many guys on this team." He didn't even name them at that point. He was like, oh, just so many. Yeah, you can't give up. Can't give up his boys. You know, it's kind of funny that you because when you talk about coaches. Uh, offensive coaches and, and defensive coaches, come on in, JT, are a little bit different, you know. And Oh, my bad. Sorry. Hey, no, you're good. That's JT Cavender from West hey, Texas A&M. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Put on a headset. We'd like to. Sorry, I was going to shake your hand. No, it's all right. No, you got you to shake good. this guy's hand first. That's on me. That's totally my bad. <laughs> JT, um, the last time I saw you was uh, Wichita Falls last year. You were you had your arm in a sling. Yes, sir. It's much better to see you without that. And, uh, and But the thing that struck me back then, like we all know the, the crazy side of JT is great, <laughs> but you still had that smile through that time and, and that joy. Where does that come from? Because that's hard to do when you're injured and you're not able to be out there with your guys. Right. Well, I, I just know that the guys needed it and needed to see a smile from me. And... Um, you know, it was a tough time. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it wasn't. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. But um, I just, I know the guys were playing the game that they enjoyed and that they loved, and so being able to share that in a way with them, you know, just being on the sideline with them, um, I enjoyed it too. You know, I know yeah. I wasn't playing. I would enjoy it more if I was playing, but <laughs> yeah, I still enjoyed it. So, what did you learn about yourself mentally through that process? Oh yeah, that's Ooh, a great good question. One. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There you are. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh man. Well, I uh, I learned that I probably wasn't as strong as I needed to be. You know, to go through that, and um, I I, you know, looking back on it now, I am way stronger now, and. Um, I think it's something that God put me through that I needed to go through and needed to learn more about myself. And so now I'm I'm here and I'm grateful to be where I'm at. It's told me it's taught me to focus on the present mm-hmm. and not the future. And um, so that's you know I'm enjoying this right now and every minute of it. And that's what I'm gonna do this year. All right. Well, I gotta ask you. You got the Buffaloes. You've got a new coach. You've got a new energy, new passion. You have all gray uniforms. Oh my gosh! Tell yes. me, tell me, <laughs> tell me how you guys feel about those all grays. Man, so for the longest time we wanted all black or you know <laughs> yeah. all gray, just a different alternate uniform, and we just kept it to the, to the traditional maroon and white, which yes. you know look good, but. That gray uniform, <laughs> it is so cool. Do you know when they're gonna break it out yet? Oh, we try to we try to get it out of him the other day, and I don't even think he knows. <laughs> We're hoping the, the first home game, you know. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. New coach, Coach Lynn, this year. Who has more energy, you or Coach Lynn? Oh, I, <laughs> that's tough. But you know, I gotta go with myself. You know, I, not playing last year and being able to come back and play a whole year. You know, hopefully. Yeah. I got a lot of excitement. <laughs> this guy wakes up with energy, Carter, and you You're see that lying. when he's on the field. He, he is he is all energy and all effort all the time. I, if you see someone not giving effort, it probably doesn't take much from you to get them going, does it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> they, I wake up. I saw the look, football. man. <laughs> <laughs> like that turf, that t- the smell of turf in a hot summer day. I love it. There's a football guy right here. JT's out there crawling around the field, smelling the turf on media day. That's great. <laughs> no, I did take a little tour. I love the stadium. <laughs> well, May have made my way to the turf, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, Corey was telling me earlier that Coach got a WT Buff license plate on his Cadillac. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I got to look. There was a picture on the social media. He was, oh, I did see that. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So did he lose a bet? Or, like, what happened there? <laughs> well, um, I, 
if you lost a bet, it would have been pink and bedazzled out. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> we, need to, we need to bet that. <laughs> you know, he took ownership. He's like, look, I'm here. Yeah. We're, we're here. We're moving forward. Like, what's it been – what's the attitude like? Because it's a really positive environment is what I'm seeing from the outside. It is. Well, it goes back to saying, here we come, you know, and it's a, it's a new regime, and it's just a fresh start for everybody that's there. And a lot of us needed a fresh start, and a lot of people needed new excitement because – after last season, I mean, everybody knows it was a rough year for us. And so, yeah, yeah just it was rough with able. a lot of injuries, too. And oh, then yeah, yeah. it just slid from there. It was it was really tough for sure. But right. that energy that he's brought, you guys, I, we got to get that stadium full again, man. Oh, I agree. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, you know, last year we were still losing and we were still filling up the stadium. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean. Our, our our fans out there in, in Canyon are fantastic. They're going to show up no matter what. You know, they support us. So, I know it is a new coach, so that obviously brings in a new energy. But in terms of, like, the players internally, how are you able to make sure that the momentum from last season stopped at last season and it's a new year when the offseason started? Yeah. Well, I think it, you're just ingrained in their heads that it's a new time, a new regime. And uh, everything in the past you can put behind you and you can focus on what's to come. And, you know, and you, you can – you, you're the one that can design that greatness, you know, however you want to design it and however you want it to outcome. Um, you can do it. So, yeah. Well, JT, it's a pleasure, as always, oh, man. It's a pleasure. And I want you to know you are, you're the last guest on the show today. You're closing us out, man. And, and there is no better person than the guy that's going to go right from here and go out there and start smelling turf. Yep. <laughs> that and uh, working on my uh, mustache. I need to get it back. So. <laughs> well, you got the beard going. I, I thought do. you were going it's to go back. It's filled in so nice. You can't just shave yeah, that off. You can't just do that now. No, I don't know. I got I to gotta beat Noah. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> They're scared of the stash. <laughs> Is that why the beard's coming? That's why it came in. There you go, man. Now you got it. <laughs> JT Kavanagh from yes, West Texas Thank, you. Thank yes, you so much for Thank joining so us. Nice to meet Thank you. you for being here. Uh, the, Carter, that'll wrap it up from a Lone Star Conference Media Day. Um, Overall, your kind of impressions from your first one. Well, we got a lot of great personalities here at the Lone Star Conference <laughs> that I didn't know about. And I'm excited to come back here next year and uh, really exciting for this season. Like we talked about, a lot of parody amongst these guys and uh, a lot of great characters. I thought it was a great media day. And uh, again, congratulations on your award. I know you don't like to talk about yourself. I'm sorry, but I got to say congratulations. And you well, see you see when these guys come over here and congratulate too. You got a big impact on them. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. And thank you so much. And thank you for your help today, man. It's great. And thank you, Mallory, for your help over there. And uh, thank you to you, the watcher and the listener and, and to Greg Tepper, who, uh, you know, go onto my Twitter. You'll find what he did earlier. That was hilarious. <laughs> we, we can't talk about that yet. But thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.